My name is Haley Winter. You are listening to How's the Pressure, my podcast about what happens behind the scenes in the massage world. Hey! Hi there. So today I'm talking to Stan Barrett. Stan is a successful massage entrepreneur. Uh, he started Synapse Massage and Body Work two years ago. And now he employs seven therapists, and it's still growing. I wanted to bring Stan in to have a conversation for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first is because I think it's useful to hear what good employers want in new massage therapists when they're looking to hire them. And the second is I wanted to see what I could find about him that made him so prosperous, like so successful in the business of massage. I think if you listen to how he talks about massage as much as what he actually says, I think therein uh, lies his secret. So without further ado, I give you Stan Barrett. All right, today we have with us Stan Barrett. Welcome, Stan. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, i am got some questions for you today about the business end of things, both from a, an owner perspective and as a potential uh, new student coming in looking to get hired. So um, let's get into it. What Thanks do you for, say? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why don't we start by you just giving us a little bit of a, a peek into your world, uh, how you got started in bodywork, and um, where you are today. Sure. I went to massage therapy school in western Massachusetts. Um, my original intent was to uh, work in professional sports, in professional cycling specifically, I knew they had body workers in pro cycling, and that's what I wanted to do. So um, after uh, my undergraduate work at UMass in Amherst, um, I went to massage school. Uh, it was full-time, one year. It was about a 900-hour program. And so, yeah, I, I went in as sort of a, a young athlete um, and came out having learned about organic food and walking barefoot doing meditation. So it was really, it, it threw me a curve, but it really broadened my horizons. Um, so East Coast roots. Um, and eventually I did a few years later end up working in professional cycling and found my way all the way over to Europe and France where I was working not so much as a body worker anymore. I kind of graduated past that into a management role uh, and then eventually moved to the Bay Area. So. Yeah, it was, I got my start in cycling. Awesome. And so when did you move to the Bay Area? Um, so I graduated massage school in 94, and I moved to um, the Bay Area in 2002. And did you start Synapse when you arrived? I did not. I, uh, I looked for, for work, um, and it took me a couple months, um, and I started at the Claremont Spa and Hotel in Berkeley. Nice. And so when did you actually start Synapse? So let's see. So I started... I was at the Claremont for five years. That was a really great time. Um, uh, I learned a lot. It actually was the things that I learned there were um, started the foundation for why I ended up going into private practice after that. Um, also got to see some of the business side as well, of the beginnings of that. Um, but I was in private practice up until uh, by myself until two years ago. Um, and so I started Synapse in July of 2014. Okay. And so now you're bringing on people to work for you. Indeed. How many do you have people working for you? So it's myself, uh, my partner Liz, and five others. So there are seven of us total. That's awesome. 
And what would you say the growth um, trend has been? Has, was it slow in the beginning and then speeding up later? Or has it been quick in the beginning and slow afterwards? You know, I think uh, when I first started, we were still over on Piedmont Avenue where we had one room. Um, and then um, I added a second room part-time. And then our rent went up 100%, so we moved um, to our new location. And uh, so at first it was, you know, we we filled out that one room, and then we added the second room part-time, and we filled that out. And so I've been mindful of not growing too quickly, but at the same time um, thinking far enough ahead so that you could anticipate some of the growth. Yeah, it's always a kind of an interesting balance between uh, how much do you make yourself available, how much capital input to create the space to grow the practice right. uh, without creating too much vacuousness right. where you end up draining a bunch of money and or um, creating a, a non-great working environment yeah, for also, therapists. Yeah, the therapists, are, if, they're, if they're sitting around or sitting at home, um, that's not, they're not going to be happy for long. Yeah. So in your mind, what's the business climate like for massage therapy in the Bay Area? You know, I'm, uh, I'm an optimist, so I'll give you the optimist take on it. Um, I, think it's, I think it's abundant. I think it's, um, I think it's fantastic. Um, I think I've learned to position myself and position Synapse um, to be in the stream of that abundance. Um, but I think the the part of the cultural awareness that we have in the Bay Area, um, it's, it's such an integral part of, of health and wellness now on the Bay Area that with whatever number of people we have in Oakland and Berkeley alone, um, I'm confident that that will, um, that will help uh, create a living for myself and my therapist. Hmm. And you think it's, it, there's enough for growth for many therapists now? I do. Yeah. I do. I think, um, I mean, depending on how many how many people you think you can realistically work on in a week or work with in a week, um, extrapolate out. And then if the education of, of people and, uh, continues at a certain rate, there will be people to work on, you know, and also the, the various personalities that are at play, you know, some people are, are dancers and they're movers and they really want to have somebody that's an expert in movement. Some people are, are sports, you know, sports enthusiasts, and they really want to have somebody that plays, uh, ultimate frisbee be their massage therapist. Um, then you get some people that are have a lot of trauma and a lot of suffering that they've dealt with, and to have a therapist that's has that softness that um, they can uh, rely on and, and count on. So I think that as many people out there, um, there's that many therapists that are needed. So yeah, um, I may embarrass you here, but um, you are in a position that I think that most or many massage therapists would envy and that you have a successful practice, um, you're established, and you have people working for you, which affords you some passive income. And what, is, what does your day look like? I mean, I'm sure that you know, massage people who are massage students and massage therapists who are like starting out have this idea of what it means to be a massage business owner. Sure. What is your every, you know, your average day look like? Sure. So I am currently doing four days of hands-on. Um, and so those days would be as you might expect. Um, I'm a night owl, so I don't start until 11 a.m. That's the best part of my work. Um, and I can work late. Um, and the, the aspects that are seven days a week without question are, um, managing the phone. Um, I haven't figured out yet how to manage the phones, um, successfully in a way that 
doesn't drop the ball on quality of service and customer service. Um, so phones is one thing. So that's seven days a week. Um, also, when clients are no-showing or when clients, um, there was a misunderstanding around XYZ, might that be payment or who knows, um, I get the phone call. Um, and so, um, and I'm glad to, you know, it's part of the, it's part of, you know, taking a percentage of somebody's work. Um, yes, I'm offering a service that they don't have to deal with the marketing and the linen and the oil and a lot of the overhead. Um, but also, um, when I was at the Claremont, I was, I never had to deal with no shows and, um, and the stress of, um, you know, say expenses are, are, creeping up on revenue and maybe even surpassing revenue than what. So, um, that's the, that's the risk that as the business owner that I take on seven days a week. So you would say that you you have a full-time job seven days a week, not necessarily 24 seven, but you're, you're on call for sure. Do not, you... not necessarily for body work, but yes, uh, on call for, uh, you know, when issues arise. So how do you handle the phone calls when you're doing body work? So thank God for Google. Um, we have a Google phone number. Uh, and the way that works is, um, myself and my partner, Liz are on the phones all the time. So it'll ring however many phones you put on there. Um, and our most senior therapist, Carolyn, um, has recently stepped up and, uh, kind of seen the benefit of having her phone ring too. So with three of us, um, all three phones ring and the only one, you only answer it if you're in front of a computer and can, you know, articulate clearly and, and book the, book the client if they want to come in. Um, that day or later. Um, but Google, Google has been great in the phone service. Yeah. And I'm assuming you have a voicemail attached to it too. So you can, of course you can handle it if if neither of you, none of you are available. Yeah. And technology wise, we not only does all three, not only do all three phones ring, um, but it gives us all text messages as well. So if you're, uh, if you only have a couple minutes between sessions, um, you will be able to glance, see the text. Okay. I need to make time for this. So what's the most common problem you have running the massage business right now? Um, I think that it boils down to, even though I'm so lucky to have the personnel that we have, I mean, our, our therapists are so outstanding and I'm so proud of them and I feel so lucky to have them on um, when one of them goes away um, because being an independent contractor, they, come, they literally come and go as they want um, and I just need to know so I can block them out. Um, but, uh, festivals come up and people want to go away. Um, and people get sick. You know, Jamie had a fever this weekend. It was out for three days. There's a lot of shuffling that involves, that involves, um, schedules, uh, and also letting clients know. So I would say, um, coverage, coverage and dealing with life, you know, uh, and life is not necessarily, life doesn't necessarily give you two weeks notice. So this may be, there maybe is no solution here, but what have you found is the, the best solution for that problem? So I'm trying to add to staff that have a little bit more um, leeway in their schedules to pick up shifts. Right now, people are pretty set in their shifts and they might have other gigs going on. Um, but I'm looking to add staff to pick up a little bit of the ball when that drops. Um, but otherwise, you just have to know that it comes with the territory. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of maybe a follow up to that one is what are some of the qualities that make you say yes to hiring someone? Um, yeah, I, don't, uh, I have a lot of opinions about that. Um, I think, uh, I like when 
people take the initiative. If I post an ad, um, they reach out pretty quickly. Um, I love when people make complete sentences and can spell. Um, that sounds crazy, but uh, if I ask for three references and a personal, uh, you know, a letter of, a personal letter, um, what's that called? A, uh, like a personal statement? Personal statement, thank you. Don't reply to the email without a personal statement. Um, uh, but when you get someone in like an interview situation, okay. So when I'm sitting, so when yeah, sitting when you're down sitting at, when you're sitting down next to someone, what's the what's some of the qualities that you pick up on and are like ah that's gonna be that's gonna work? Sure, that's definitely uh, something that that I go by feel. Um, it's it's a I mean we're getting into energy talk here, but um, I know pretty quickly energetically if it's gonna be a good fit um, just by being in their presence. Um, I, I look for some humility and compassion because, I mean, we're going to be dealing with people that are in pain. They might be suffering that, you know, some people are going to be happy and ecstatic all the time, but, you know, I, as a therapist, we need to be able to, uh, be, um, uh, empathic and, um, really quickly drop in really quickly. So I look for that kind of intellectual, uh, emotional capacity. Mm. Um, so um, and just the depth of character, you know, I, uh, I think there are, uh, that runs the gamut. And yeah. so I look for people, our, our clients are complex. Um, some are, you know, some are geniuses and we don't have to be geniuses as therapists, but we need to be able to hold the space for that. Um, and to have, have some experience in your own life, maybe have step off a cliff and, and, and failed magnificently. I, I see that as a, as a positive trait. Yeah, I, I also I've seen some people that they think they're being humble, but they're really being self-deprecating. And people will say, "Oh, you know, they feel themselves as being." That's how they justify themselves as humble is by talking themselves down. Yeah, which is which is not the same thing. Sure, no, I definitely uh, am. Uh, the use of language during a massage session is crucial, and if you are prone to either a talking too much, period. Or if the words you use are uh, sloppy, you know, and if and if you are self-deprecating, you know, I think being humble is fine, and you know, but there's a point where uh, you need to be grounded and confident, and um, you know, have your shit together. On yeah, on some level. No, absolutely. I mean, if you're uh, you're you're measuring both their skill set. Uh, with their hands as much as their interpersonal bedside, tableside manner sure. at the same time, I'm sure. So in this vein, what should people include or exclude in their resume? Okay, so that's a good question and very timely. Um, so I just received a resume two days ago, um, and it uh, was quite vague in the, the listing of the CAMTC number. And so I did a you know, the first thing I do is just punch their name and number into the CAMTC website just to make sure their license is up to date. And she hadn't uh, been licensed for two years. And uh, so essentially lied on the resume. So rule number one, don't lie on your resume. It's not going to go well. <laughs> um, things to include um, any any experience you've had, whether it's bodywork related or not. You know, like if you've, if you've had FaceTime with people and dealt with... Um, any sort of communication uh, difficulties, whether you were a server at a restaurant or you worked in customer service and you had to deal with people, like this is a people job. So um, anything that you think might not be relevant on a massage resume, I want to know about. Um, and it helps me give uh, 
gives that read into what is the depth of character of the applicant. Um, and, uh, um, and if, you know, if somebody asks for specifics, respond with specifics. Yeah. Basically just do what's asked of you. <laughs> yeah. If the, if the Craigslist ad says, include your resume, three professional references and a personal statement, please include those things. And if you don't, you will not be put to the top of the, of the review process. It's amazing what a filter giving a simple set of instructions can do. Yeah. You know, it can be, it can be, um, it can definitely weed out people that are not right for the job. Yeah. Or that are phoning it in. Like if you're phoning in your resume, I know you're going to phone in your massage work. So don't phone it in. Uh, what's, well, let's assume that someone comes in, mm-hmm. they have an interview with you mm-hmm. and you are getting a really good feel from them. They, they have, they seem to display a lot of the qualities that you're looking for. What's your pitch to them to want to work for you? Sure. So I created Synapse for the massage therapist. I, to the, uh, to the chagrin of my partner, uh, Elizabeth, um, I have created an environment where it's, it's massage therapist first. Um, because I worked at the Claremont for five years with 50-minute sessions and a 10-minute turn, um, as soon as I went into private practice, all my sessions were 90 minutes, period, with a 30-minute turn. So that created space for me um, as a therapist to go use the bathroom, to have a glass of water, to have a snack. Um, but for the, for the client, to allow time for them to take their time getting up off the table, to bring closure to the session emotionally, to um, uh, not have somebody in the waiting room uh, chomping at the bit, you take the time, you, you know, you offer them a chance, to, an opportunity to reschedule. You collect payment, they go on their way, happy as can be. And then I still have a few minutes to get centered and grounded to take on the next client. So when I left the Claremont, 90 minutes only, 30-minute turns. Wow. And, um, and you've stuck with that. Uh, I stuck with that until about a year ago. Um, so we, I definitely had that as a niche. And it was... Um, there are a lot of massage therapists in the Bay Area, and the standard is one hour with a 15-minute turn. Um, and I find that too fast for my own personal taste. So um, our therapist, Jamie, um, who does fantastic specific work, um, really found the 90 minutes a little bit too long and the 30 minutes difficult to keep her energy up. So she requested a 70-minute session with a 20-minute turn because I told her hours were out. And... Uh, and so that session was essentially created for Jamie, and it was um, also uh, a little more accessible um, price price point wise for for clients. So, um, so the business is set up for therapists, and then as an independent contractor, I have no control over their schedules. I can offer them these days and times are available, and I can make that shift yours. But if you don't want to come in, you know then you just need to let me know and you don't come to work, you know, um, as an employee, I would need to pay them hourly and they may come or come and sit around or whatever the laws are. But as an independent contractor, there's schedule, uh, freedom of schedule. Um, and then in terms of pay, um, there's a spectrum. Um, and I think that on one hand you've got massage, uh, massage envy that we talked about. That's sort of an entry level. They're probably paying you 20, 30%, you know, probably 30%. Um, and then there are businesses like, um, in this area, Piedmont Springs, Piedmont Spa, Body, Mind, and Spirit, they're probably, my guess, paying 40, 40 to 50%. Um, and then working in a smaller business, 
that has a little bit lower overhead, um, I can afford to pay uh, my therapist a little better. Um, and so synapse is between 50 and 60%. Uh, moving up the scale beyond synapse, um, if you were going to work, go work for Soothe or Zeal, their overhead is essentially zero. So they can afford to pay you 80%. So that's another thing. You know, Synapse pays um, competitive competitively. Um, and I feel good about that as the person that is taking a percentage. So why would a therapist choose your work or your business over something like Soothe? So that's um, definitely a, a personal choice. Um, and certainly the money would be better if you worked for yourself, um, uh, arguably. And then Soothe and Zeal, um, that is a big commitment in terms of doing outcall. Outcall is a whole different animal. So if you have the bandwidth and the enthusiasm for crossing the bay, or even if you stayed in the East Bay, um, schlepping tables and and managing all the details of supplies and, you know, how do you create ambiance on the go? I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, if you, it's, I think it's akin to driving Uber, you know, like you turn your phone on, absolutely convenient, work when you want, um, soothe and zeal, same thing, turn your phone on, work when you want, um, and you make good money, but it's not a, it's it's not a, uh, not not anything that has been of interest to me. Yeah, I mean, it's I like them, and I mean, just so everyone has a, we're on the same page. Zeal and Sue, they're both applications that you can sign up for as massage therapists to provide Uber-like uh, massage on demand for customers around uh, the Bay Area. Um, great, great, uh, great businesses. Great, you know, great thinking. Um, just not for me. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, it's, it's a lot. Alcohols are a lot that take a lot out of you. You have to carry all of your equipment. It's also a big deal. Um, and it can be, you know, it's nice to turn, to clock in and clock out, but it's also, if you clock in and nobody books you, that's, um, you don't get any money. Sure. Um, and it's kind of nice to be able to show up and, and, and have clients provided for you. Sure. Has there been any like point of contention between the massage therapists that work for Synapse and the business itself? Like, is there any, I know that you provide above average pay. It seems like a lot of flexibility. Um, having worked in, in massage therapy centers myself, um, I've noticed, uh, I did notice a lot of, of not necessarily animosity, but some, some conflict arising around feeling taken advantage of as an owner. Did you see that even though you tried to create a situation that's, that, that serves the massage therapist, it's still, uh, it's still some therapists feel taken advantage of? I can imagine that. And I certainly felt taken advantage of at the Claremont. Um, but they provided a service, and I knew that they were essentially uh, providing the revenue for the rest of the hotel that was failing. But in any case, another story. Um, uh, I can imagine it. Um, but I also, in the interview process, um, so this is to skirt your question, uh, I let them know that at some point, um, I, if they ever want to pursue their own private practice, I would encourage that. So I don't want to keep them in a box. I have no interest in keeping them back in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm there to support them and provide a level of service for our clients, and I think they'd be a great fit. Um, if there's ever a point where I feel like, uh, you know, there's animosity or tension. Um, I haven't run into it yet, but, uh, um, you know, I would encourage them to 
pursue whatever it is that they want and I'll, I'll help them out. You know, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, people that interview with me that aren't a good fit. I spend at least an hour with them telling them all the reasons why they should succeed on their own and go do, you know, so I'm not, a not shy and, in sharing the information that I have. Well, that's very magnanimous of you. Thank you. But I did want to press on that one question, which is, have you ever encountered um, therapists that you've hired, even though you create a situation that, in your mind, serves the therapist first, mm-hmm. that, that they didn't see it that way? I haven't run into that. You have not run into that? I have that. not run into that. That's very, very good. Yeah. I mean, uh, my guess is that as Synapse scales, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a good response for that. No, that, I mean, that's that's fair. I'm 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 happy to hear that you have a business that is serving the therapists and serving the clients, and it sounds like it's serving you. Would you say that it's serving you? It is. You know, I think uh, my my margins are probably smaller than other businesses of my um, scale or scope, um, and I'm working on that so that it is a um, a successful. Um, sustainable business for myself, um, but can I can I step in and, and sure. you're you're more than happy to to not answer this question, um, but I think it's really useful and I've asked this question to um, other massage business owners. Um, would you mind sharing your margin? Well, so I start therapists off at fifty percent, mm-hmm. um, and they top out at sixty percent, and I scale them in over a certain amount of time. There's a ninety day trial period. Um, which, you know, we're just kind of testing the waters and trying each other out. Um, but I think above 60%, um, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to pay the rent. I wouldn't be able basically I wouldn't be able to cover the overhead. So, um, I think that, you know, um, I am probably clearing in the neighborhood of 18 to max 25% per Per session. I'm just looking at the monthly at the monthly, monthly spread monthly if you look at net net income mm-hmm. um and that's in a, is that in a good month or is that in a I'm just medium say, month or average I would say average eighteen so to twenty five I track my numbers really closely and um and right now my net income is uh last last year was uh i think twenty twenty five percent and it's gonna go down as the business scales so um i'm I'm assuming also because you're in it longer therefore Therapists are taking a higher percentage, Correct. so your Correct. your margins so my, come down. So my um, my percentage of the revenue producing was one hundred percent two years ago. So it was just me, um, and then I checked last month, and my part of the revenue production is thirty three percent. And my goal is to get it down to less than ten, so that the business is is running without me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of my net income, it's you know it's headed towards. I think it'll be, it'll land at about 15, 15 to twenty percent. Um, so if you you know, if a hundred dollars comes in, whether it's you know me or Carolyn or Jamie or Liz, um, I'm taking about fifteen dollars. And you know what? That I think is actually really, really helpful to hear. Not only for me, but I think for a lot of listeners, because as a therapist coming out, you have to make a decision, right? Whether it's like, do I want to be in private practice, is it worth it for me to do this on my own mm-hmm. or is it worth it for me to work for someone else? Mm-hmm. And in the, in the situation you've just described, in a albeit therapist-friendly environment, sure. what they're actually looking at 
is do I want to trade the security and the freedom of working in a business for 20, 15 to 20% sure. on top of what I'm making? Sure. And that's, I think, a lot different than the perspective, which is, oh, they're taking half of what I make. Mm-hmm. I could be making so much more money. And you could. You, and you would, your gross revenue would look really fine and dandy at that bottom, you know. But off of that gross revenue becomes your expenses, and they come fast and they come hard. So. Yeah. And then if you don't have expenses because you're doing a bunch of outcalls, then you have to figure out your energy and your, <laughs> right. your overall, you know, the tax on your body and your, sure. and your emotional state and mental state and everything. Yeah, it's got to be sustainable um, or you're going uh, to be a statistic. You yeah. know? And I don't know what that is, but I'm, I've heard anywhere from five to eight years is the average lifespan of a therapist. So I don't well, know. I'm encouraged because that's longer than I remember it being when I heard about it, which okay. was something like on the two to two and a half years. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think those numbers are more indicative of if you do go into private practice, it takes you two years. They say two years to, to be successful or at least to, you know, maybe whatever investment you put in to pay off. Um, and I think two years is probably modest. You know, I think it's probably longer than that. Um, but, you know, if the ceiling income for a massage therapist on the high side is, say, it's six figures. You know, it probably isn't, but say it's six figures. The average is, I think it's more like 30. You know, and if you're making 30 grand in the Bay Area, good luck. You yeah, know? So, you better have a side job. Yeah, or you better have a, you know, live in a community that's, you know, sharing the rent or something. Yeah. And if you had to give like one piece of advice to a, a massage student, let's keep it to students now. Sure. Uh, this massage student who's coming out of school, let's say in the next couple of months, what would you, a piece of advice, what would it be to them? Hmm. Um, I've really come to learn the value of networking, you know, and no matter who you are, even if you're not the most uh, confident um, uh, extrovert, Whatever whatever group of people you're in, um, if you start sharing that you're going to be graduating soon, um, that you are excited to start working, um, I would say, if possible, for the first five years after you graduate, get your hands on as many people as possible because that's really where the education lies. I mean, you you know, to learn your origin, insertion, and action of all the major muscles and the small muscles, um, it's, it's vital. But um, I think... Uh, Getting you know the real knowledge is is when you when you experience the full breadth of difference that we as humans are and have you know it's it's crazy it's crazy to see the different types of bodies out there and and how they react differently to different kinds of touch and you know they say ten thousand hours of something and you're a master I think if you can get your hands on two thousand bodies in the first you know two years then uh, you're well on your way to a successful practice yeah a thousand bodies a year is a lot of bodies that is a lot. Yeah. Well, it's it's a good number to aspire to for sure. So how can people get a hold of you? Let's say someone wants to apply to work for you or get in touch with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Uh, check out our website. Um, it's synapsemassageandbodywork.com. It's one heck of a long URL. But Synapse Massage and Bodywork. Uh, on the website, you will see a phone number to call or our email, which is info at synapsemassageandbodywork.com. Uh, either one of those is fine. You can uh, drop me a resume, um, uh, and you can always schedule an appointment. I think body workers uh, often don't get enough, uh, receive enough work themselves. So if you want to come get a synapse massage therapy experience, come down and put yourself on the books. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate you dropping by. Um, I really appreciate your, your honesty and candor here. Thank you, Haley. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you were able to find some valuable nuggets in this conversation. Please join us again. And if you have any questions or comments, or you want to learn more about today's guest, you can find more information through our website at howstheprecher.com. Until next time, be well and take care of yourselves.